Welcome back to If I Only Knew. Listeners, welcome this week and welcome my co-host extraordinaire and fellow explorer, Matt. G'day, Matt. Hello, Fred. Matt and I have a tendency for new listeners to explore and cave dive into the generational gap. We talk about all things society, all things politics, all things to do with psychology, and we sort of explore the idea that two people walking on the same planet with different dates of birth may have the same or dissimilar views on things. Matt, I want to raise an issue today. It's one out of the popular zeitgeist, if you like. Mm. It's all about Hollywood. It's all about celebrity. But it's about much more than that. Matt, have you heard of Jonah Hill? I've certainly heard of Jonah Hill, yeah. So, Matt, this week, Jonah Hill's made news around the world because his ex-girlfriend has put out some information about the way he conducted himself in their relationship. It's a bit of a conflicting story for me because some some people would say what happens behind closed doors is private information. But others would say sometimes if you see it, you've got to say something about it. Right. Now, the context of the texts are really important. So I'm going to put up some information or read it out rather in my best Jonah Hill style voice. <laughs> Fantastic to give people some context of what we're talking about. So the preamble to this is simple. Jonah Hill met his girlfriend by, I think the kids call it, sliding into her DMs. Absolutely. Is that the correct terminology? It's great to see. So in doing that, he introduced himself using his celebrity and was quite attracted to his then girlfriend because she was a pro surfer into the surfing culture and had quite a strong, still does, had quite a strong social media presence. She's um, a very well put together, very athletic, very competitive and very smart person. Jonah Hill is famous for being uh, a tubby punchline in movies. Uh, now, since then, he's, he's gone on a health kick and he's no longer overtly, uh, you know, I, I can say this as a robust gentleman myself, Matt, he's no longer the fat sidekick. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, with that said, I think we're seeing a little bit of fat kid insecurity come out in his text messages. There is a judgment call there, but I'm 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 gonna red flag myself and say I'm not unbiased in the situation. Uh, so let me read the text to everybody. Excellent. Um it starts with hi, all the posts from Matt's site have been removed. Good start, he says, thumbs up. You don't seem to get it, but it's not my place to teach you. Now at this point, if I pause, our female listeners are all you know, the, the rooms have become about five degrees colder. Yeah, cringing very hard. Cringing. Yeah. We're talking about this is the epitome of man's blame. Good start is strong. Uh, Mr. Hill goes on to say, allegedly, um, I've made my boundaries clear. You refuse to let go of some of them and you've made that clear. And I hope it makes you happy. Mm. He then goes on to say, plain and simple, if you need surfing with men, Boundaryless, inappropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in bathing suits, to post sexual pictures, if you need friendships with women who are in an unstable place and from your wild recent past, getting lunch or coffee or something respectful. What I think he's really saying is if you, if you need friendships with those people, beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful, then there's a bit of an issue. He then goes on to say, if you need those things, surfing with men, boundaryless and appropriate friendships to model, to post pictures of yourself in bathing suits, to post sexual pictures, to can maintain friendships with woo girls. Is that the right term? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good now, summary. Good summary. Then I'm not the right partner for you. 
If these things bring you a place of happiness, I support it, and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for our current romantic partnership. My boundaries with you are based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Now, for those that think I'm an inarticulate reader, um, Mr. Hill wrote it that way. <laughs> I'll do some editing in there, Fred. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you. But this is about a lot. There's a lot to unpack in there, Matt. Mm. So I want to set the scene again. He slid into a professional surfer's DMs. Now, I don't know much about sport, clearly. And I've never surfed, Matt. No, neither. But I do understand that women that surf generally surf in competitive circles that include, wait for it, Matt, men who surf. Mm, you'd think so. I understand that women who surf have friendships with men. What an inappropriate friendship looks like to Mr. Hill's not been explained. Mm. Um, so a woman who serves as fit and in her prime and, and quite frankly, really well presented that also makes some money on the side modeling mm. is understandable. Mm. A lot of sports people do that. To post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit. Well, I don't know that you can get on a board in a suit of armor, Matt. Mm. I'm not sure. I've never surfed as I've pointed mm. out. Um, sexual pictures pretty broad remit yeah and obviously let's not hang out with those bad influences the woo girls so tell me what you hear from this matt because mm. i know in our pre our off-air discussions you had a bit of a different take to this than i might have expected mm. no, i think this is a really interesting one and i mean i did some pre-reading of some of the other like media um discussion around this or whatever and there's a lot of focus on the idea of this being about like a misogyny or, or um, deeply manipulative and controlling um and emblematic of something um like uh, poor power balances with celebrity in Hollywood and, and reflective of a lot of the kind of worst things in society that we're currently um, seeking to do better about, right? Um, and I'm just a little hesitant to commit to this being quite that serious. So I think I'd like to start with, clearly, this is a really shitty take from Jonah Hill. Like, this is rubbish and, and they're things that I don't agree with in the slightest and I could never imagine myself saying to a partner or a person in my life it it's um, expressly taking away a level of autonomy but it also sounds to me as if uh, these are values that he holds or maybe they're, they're uh, from a space of insecurity or whatever it might be that, that he sees are important in his relationships and he's being frank about them and if that relationship doesn't work because those uh expectations or values that he holds can't be met by their partner i don't see it as being um, necessarily deeply misogynistic or controlling to be explicit and clear about those needs or, or values in a relationship now it's a bit different because you just told me before we chatted that he slid into her dms that he's the one that approached her in the first place for some of these things that he's now asking her to not do and i think that shines a bit of a light on this situation because it seems especially um insecure and especially um hypocritical to yep. be kind of like out there being like oh it's so great i i love how your social media presence paints you in such an attractive light and it's so positive and then get in that relationship and demand that all of that gets flipped on its head because i think there's something about um expressly taking away someone's autonomy once they enter a relationship that we're starting to be a bit more concerned about um in in modernity mm -hmm. of like well just because you've entered a relationship doesn't mean you have to relegate yourself to just like a a, a passive half of a 
duo sort of thing. But equally, I'm not sure that if that's a problem for Jonah in a relationship um, and it's something that's essential for his ex-girlfriend, that that has to involve him being a, a hateful, misogynistic control freak. Now, maybe he is. And maybe that's the other side of this, is there's a level of celebrity and there's a level of uh, fame and, and power that, that um, plays significant roles here. But it seemed like not comparing like for like when we brand this in similar veins as uh, other, some other forms of what I see as much more destructive and problematic um, behavior, whereas this is just kind of someone holding shitty values in a relationship and seeking to impose those values on the partner that they have. And since it's not worked out, I think I, think I compared to you, Fred, that if he'd done all of this and then said, if you can't meet these expectations, I will sabotage your surfing career because you're going to break up with me or whatever. I think that's different to him just saying, yep, yeah, look, we can go our separate ways. Um, and maybe that we can go our separate ways might hold a bit more sting in it than it sounds like. But there's a lot of speculation involved to take that next step, I think. And it's speculation that I'm not entirely comfortable committing to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've been a bit more on the fence about just how crappy I think this behavior is. I think it's bad. I think it's really poor values and stuff that I wouldn't hold in a relationship. And I'm also not exactly sure where it comes from. But um, I've not gone so far as some of the stuff I saw online that spoke to it as being expressly heinous. Okay. I, I will say, Matt, I think that there is part of what you're talking about that really resonates with me. And this is the bit that I looked at when I uh, looked at this stuff. So firstly, I have, I draw issue with the idea of private becoming public. And I always look at the questions as to why. Right, yeah. Uh, I'm not a celebrity. Uh, one day this podcast will take off and we'll have all those <laughs> sorts of problems. But all the receipts. I do, think, I do think the reality is that if this was just two people, um, you know, Betty and Bobby Beer can, it might play out in a circle of friends, but it probably wouldn't play out on the global stage the way this has. With that said, mm. We have a very real issue um, with domestic violence and domestic abuse in this country. Mm. And it's a long bow to draw, but it starts with coercive control. Mm. Mm. Now, I believe the first error that was made in this sequence of events, objectively and with no knowledge of the two people, mm is the idea that somebody let their insecurities get in the way of the chemistry their relationship was. And I think relationships are one big science experiment, Matt. Yours, mine, and everyone on the planet. Right, yeah. It's about tens of thousands of micro choices. It's about how you present yourself, how you react to things, how you cultivate that relationship versus what you do that might strangle it. And I think it is such unique alchemy that it is quite miraculous in its own way. Mm -hmm. So when you put into that unique alchemy something that would detract from the relationship like your own insecurity, it becomes a really uh, trepidatious strategy. Yeah. I think the second mistake in this was the former partner not standing her ground. Mm -hmm. She was who she was and what the entire sequence starts with is her capitulating to his needs to change who she was on social media. We we're talking about an expression of herself. We we're talking about an expression of her career. We we're talking about an expression of her sport. And all because the chemistry that attracted him to her, at some point it occurred to him, in my opinion, mm. 
from the photos and from the, the lifestyle that she was in, it occurred to him that she was surrounded, in his opinion, by better men that were a threat to him. Mm-hmm. He's not a good-looking guy. He looks like, in these photos, a big toe with a bad beard. <laughs> Descriptive, yeah. you should be an author. I Thank you. <laughs> He's clearly, you know, in his own way, some form of tortured genius. And he was, for the majority of his life, uh, a big guy. And most male surfers are defined by fairly good physiques. Mm. I mean, if you spend that much time paddling a plank of wood on the water and mm. stuff, yeah, you tend to kind of get a little bit sun bronzed and fit, you know. <laughs> and she and male surfers in general, so female and male surfers, meet a really strong archetypical Australian view of good looks, right? Yeah, so yeah. She's got the sun-kissed, bleach blonde from the surf hair and stuff. She is, by all intents and purposes, objectively attractive. He would be one in 30 people's cup of tea, I reckon. Mm. Okay. So he's insecure because he can't let go of who he was, not who he is. Mm. And I draw exception to the idea of him using the word boundaries. So the way that he could have done this correctly is to say... When I see images of you in the public that I believe are sexualized, I'll draw that to your attention. Mm-hmm. In the event that you choose to continue to keep those images where they are, I'll make a decision. And that decision will be to work on myself. I may go to therapy about it. I may excuse myself from the relationship for a period of time to ponder it. What you can never do when you set a boundary is say, my boundary is this, if you don't change, we're done. Mm. You can say, if you don't change, I may make a decision but it's never about change or else. It's not boundary setting that's coercive control. Mm. It's a direct manipulation and it's a form of emotional abuse. Now, don't get me wrong. If I asked you a question now and I want you to be honest, if your life partner at the moment Mm. posted a photo of her and a male friend and they were kneeling on the sand and he had his arm around her waist and she had her arm around his waist, Mm. And there was no daylight between the two of them and big smiles on their faces. Mm. On a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, how uncomfortable would that photo make you feel? Mm. I mean, it depends on the context and conversations had before and after and whatnot, but like a three or four maybe? Would you have a conversation about that and say, wow, this guy who... Now, Matt's Matt's not a good audience for this, listeners, because he's objectively handsome in his own right, Mm. right? So... He's not going to be insecure. He's tall. He's, you know, flawless and all the rest of it. But he's no Jonah Hill, I'll tell you that much. But would it cause you some concern? Definitely, definitely. And I think I would need to have that conversation about, like, who is he, right? Like, that that would be important to me, I think, especially in the nature of relationships. You don't know everyone that your partner knows. And you certainly, especially newer relationships, you can't know their background or their connection or whatever that might be every time. And I think that would be essential for me to know in a situation like that is it a two or a three so it's a three or four as Mm. you said a low level of discomfort because you trust your partner yeah definitely the real crime here for Joan hill is his not trusting the person that he's fallen in love with because of his own insecurities Mm. there's no suggestion that she ever violated any relationship boundaries that she cheated on people um, I know a bit about the surfing culture and I reckon some of that behaviour that he's speaking about is the fact that surfers jump out of the water, rip off a wetsuit, could be naked underneath and put their board shorts on. And if you're in a competitive environment for people, it's like a locker room, mm. you get a bit desensitised to that stuff. 
um, it would be no different having a concern about, you know, people's partner being, you know, in the gym locker room. Mm, mm, mm. The, there's an interesting thing for me. What do you make of the, the, I'll read it again because I think this one's the most poorly written, but mm -hmm. it's what I refer to as the woo girls. If you need friendships with women who are in unstable places or are from your wild recent past, mm. beyond getting a coffee or a lunch, talk to mm. me about that. Why is that that threatening? Mm. I think there's at least two things that jump out to me there. Um, the first and most obvious one, and I think the one that sets off alarm bells for our listeners, I suspect, is the idea of isolating someone from their past friends in a relationship. Um, sure. That's like, you know, manipulative behavior 101. Um, isolate them, keep them away from people that are that care for them or, or that have cared for them. Um, and uh, in particular, do that by vilifying those other people or painting them as a certain um in opposition to something that's happening now. Um, and I think that there's a problem there, right? Um, I think that uh, it's a bit of a call to say to your partner, particularly a somewhat recent partner, um, oh, I don't want to spend time with those people um, beyond this or that. Um, it's a bit, again, like kind of moderated in my opinion, because he's not said you can never see them. You said you can chat with them, but I read that as basically don't go clubbing with them. It's kind of how I, I hear that. And and I think that's a little different to saying you can never see these people because, and the subtext of which is because they're going to talk shit about me and I can't deal with that and they're going to undermine me and that kind of thing. Um, I see that as being a bit different. Um, so I think that's the first, the first concern or, or issue I have with that idea. The second thought that I have about it is this idea of kind of unstable women, wild recent past. There's there's these um, very explicit value judgments about what it means to kind of um, be in a relationship or, or to be in a good relationship where it seems to be that one cannot be wild and that the activities of these other women are expressly unstable um, and that those are problems and that this is something that, that Jonah Hill is positioning himself as being kind of maybe above or beyond or past. Um, and look, I don't know these people. I don't know what they're getting up to. There are definitely people who are wild and unstable in this world, but it seems like it might be a bit of a, a stretch to um, characterize a group of peers as wild and unstable. And, and in doing so, kind of singling out, I think, the current partner um, as like moving beyond them or moving past. And like, I think there's mm. something dubious in the value judgments being made here about that old group and my new group with you sort of thing. Um, and I think that's, that's concerning and I think it, it's a bad um, baseline for a relationship and I don't think it really speaks very highly to Jonah's security or sense of self. Um, and I also can see that being very, uh, very difficult for someone to kind of respond to because I and, and I think my first point here was that I think that this at least isn't that dramatic or that serious but there's something about the way that this is towing a line between appearing reasonable and maybe being quite controlling in one way or another and I think that that's um, uh, striking because I think the way that we have that kind of here's something quite unreasonable in my opinion you cannot hang out with these people but I'm going to temper that claim by saying, but you can get coffee with them. It's kind of like, well, I'm not the unreasonable one because of course you can get coffee with them. But maybe there's an element in where, in which if they actually regularly got coffee with them, that that would become a problem. That there is like these, these boundaries are being a little bit more um, read into than perhaps what's actually being said 
expressly. Um, again, there's a bit of speculation involved in that, and I've I've struggled Absolutely. with this with this conversation because I think we have very limited information. You've talked about privacy and and, image, and info being leaked. Leaked info is a bit questionable, I think. Um, and so I think I think if we want to be um, critical, there's a lot we can draw out of this and say. It doesn't take many steps to say this is very dubious. I think what's in front of us says like it's pretty dubious, basically. What I read, I read this and it might be a function of knowledge about, you know, relationship dynamics from a clinical perspective, not yeah, yeah. perspective. Um, what I think is interesting, I read one article that said, of course, with his sort of celebrity, you would want to limit the content that could be considered cannon fodder for the media and the paparazzi with your partner. Mm, right. So you'd want to ask yourself whether or not it's worthwhile um, going out and having a few too many drinks and dancing on a podium and what those photos might do to your reputation because you're dating Jonah Hill. Uh, but if you look at it on face value, it's really simply this. Firstly, nobody gets to say who you can and can't be with socially emotionally in a friendship you he's not a parent and he has no right to judge her friend group based on what he believes to be a lack of stability or what he's calling wild bearing in mind this is a person that approached her so everything that he's now trying to sanction and sanitize is what attracted him to her in the first place it is not uncommon for controlling men to definitely isolate their partner from traditional friend groups and support networks. The other element to this is men often see single women as being a threat to a relationship. Hmm. It's funny that you talked about the idea that they make shit talk him. Yeah, yeah. It's more along the lines of, are these people a bad influence? Are they going to lead you astray? If you all go out and drink too much, are you inclined to be disinhibited and find somebody better than me? This all stems from his insecurity. Mm -hmm. The way that he could deal with this very differently is ask his partner to change not one iota and do the work on himself to understand why these things make him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And if it's about discomfort because of reputational damage, because they're both in the public eye because of this relationship, then he's got a, a, a case to answer in terms of how they might curate their activities rather than what she can and can't do. So here's a red flag if you're a younger listener in a relationship. When people start saying, don't do it because you can't do it because you shouldn't do it, opt out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In a relationship, you will find a happy medium, a, a shared set of values. And if that means that one of you is very comfortable with the other going out on wild nights out, wild in their definition, not mine. Mm -hmm. Wild night out for me at the moment is probably takeaway up at the local. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if you met that person and this is how they navigated their life and you've fallen in love with them and you trust them, mm -hmm. and the thing you have to give in a relationship first is trust. Okay. Um, you can't, this idea of trust is earned is a fiction. Um, there are better people out there than Joan Hill. This woman could probably hit a rock and find a, a more stable, more attractive, more aligned set of values than Joan Hill. Mm. She fell in love with him. The chemistry was right. The experiment was working. He pulled apart the component parts of that experiment, tried to put them back together in a way that suited his insecurity and destroyed the mm. chemistry. The relationship mm. ended. Mm. And in doing it, 
I've got a different view on this to you, Matt. I think it makes him look like an insecure child mm, mm, mm. that is tantruming and doesn't know, doesn't deserve what he has mm. because he's not prepared to accept who he is. Yeah. So I reckon that one significant part of why I've not seen this as being quite as egregious as maybe some of the media narrative about it has been is that it feels to me that he's put cards on the table and there's a, a sense in which, in my mind, that those cards have been taken up by the partner. Um, and, you know, maybe that's a bit questionable, maybe those are shitty cards, right? Um, but it feels like there's a level of him communicating and her accepting that communication. It seems, in my mind, then, that that conceptualization of this situation relies on the this kind of easy come easy go nature of this relationship do you think that i'm missing something then in this idea of um maybe it's not that simple of he says these things and she can just take it or leave it or, or like does that come into this at all i think the second he put these concerns in writing and had the dummy spit mm. that he crossed the line from a reasonable relationship dynamic into control. Okay, yeah, yeah. And this brings in a very different dynamic to this discussion that's not about celebrities, but about everyday life. Mm. Um, if you took your parents or my parents' generation, uh, out of sight was definitely out of mind. Mm, mm. We now live in an information age where Jonah Hill could probably get a photo of his girlfriend out at a nightclub mm through his social media from a paparazzi in real time. Mm -hmm. Now that's unusual because they have profile, but there is no doubt that there are people that would be using tracking apps on phones, banking apps to curate people's spending and access to money. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't need much to be a pretty good sleuth, a mm. pretty good Scooby gang member mm. to work out if I had the right access to your email, your socials, your probably banking, um, and you told me a lie about what you did on Saturday night, I could probably show you five pieces of data to mm. dispute your decision. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I think with that, 98% um, of people in the real world couldn't give a, 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 a razu about that. <laughs> yeah. There are some times where people come a cropper because of that data. Mm. So the Find My Friends app on your Apple phone tells us that you were at this venue when you said you were here. Mm -hmm. The receipt that comes up on the joint banking account says you took an Uber from here to here, but you said you were nowhere near that part of the town. Mm. All of that data is a two-edged sword because it's a consistent approach to trust Mm, okay. I don't open my I don't open my wife's mail. I don't need to. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have access to her accounts. Mm. I don't need to mm. because we have a relationship built on trust. Mm. If that trust was ever broken, mm. obviously that would probably hurt more. Mm. Um, but the reality is, you live a very comfortable relationship life, not having the find my device, the air tag in the car. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, if you look at this curated kind of surveillance of a partner, mm. whilst for a lot of people it could just be a reasonable safety feature of the phone, mm. it's also undoubtedly used by really controlling individuals mm. as a way of gotcha, mm. you know? You said you went to Coffee for Mary for an hour. I checked you, find my friends, and you were there for two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you yeah. really at Coffee with Mary? So I think in some ways, the reason that this celebrity story has resonated is because on some level, 
these controlling measures and this this need to change the chemistry of a successful relationship, mm. which typically comes from men, mm. not mm. exclusively from mm. men, but typically comes from men, certainly is playing out in backyards or behind closed doors in the suburbs of Australia right now. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask Matt, do you think for a younger generation, given the proliferation of data, that this issue gets better or worse over time? I think this is a fascinating connection beyond the Jonah Hill texts. And I think at least in my mind, the the comparisons you've drawn to other forms of control and manipulation are things we don't have explicit data points for from the Jonah Hill texts. But I think you're absolutely right. There's something about them that makes it feel that much more relatable or that much more relevant um, to everyday people. And maybe it's a part of why it's a clickable news story. I think that abusive relationships have changed in their character in some way or another. I think physical abuse was far more common in the past, as I understand it. It's it's deeply unacceptable in almost all social circumstances nowadays. doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but I think it means it's unacceptable in a way that it wasn't in the past. I think that that need for control now manifests much more emotionally and financially. And we're developing a social literacy around that, I think. And I think that's really important. Um, and, and I think that's like... The optimism that I hold in these areas is just that people are getting more and more competent. We have, we're have we developing a language, psychology is becoming more important, emotional well-being yeah. is more central, um, and, and this matters. And I think there's, there's reason to think that that has the potential to allow people to recognize controlling and unacceptable behavior, to, to recognize the, that it's for your own safety is a veneer for controlling behavior. And I think once yeah. you can recognize that, you can protect yourself from it. I think that's important. Um, but I also think there are more and more and more tools to allow this controlling behavior to happen. And I also think there are tools that are going to be exploited by the people that wish to exploit them, right? I think that um, it's kind of like, you know, once you develop a piece of technology, you can never take it back. You can never put it back in the bag. Um, and uh, I think that that's pretty clear in these kinds of situations. Do I think it's going to get better or worse? Look, I think I think it will change. Um, I'm of the opinion that it's a little more insidious at the moment. It's a little bit um, harder to keep track of, sometimes a bit harder to defend yourself than something that leaves bruises, for example. But maybe I'm also inclined to think that it's at least slightly better on average for the overall character of society's well-being. Because I think young people are deeply conscious and aware of these things. I think this is the sort of discourse that we have often about emotional abuse, about setting boundaries. But I also think that it um, also gives a language to abusers. And I think there's a there's a push and pull here um, where uh, we see a little bit of that in these Joan Hill texts, the idea of using boundaries to establish what may or may not be acceptable for other people. I think that that's simply a misuse of language. I think he's talking about values or something else there. Um, but maybe it's a bit more palatable if you describe it as boundaries. Maybe it's a bit more palatable if you describe tracking someone's finances as um, a trust-building exercise together, mm. right? And maybe that, that provides um, tools to abusers that are kind of moving in lockstep with our social literacy around protecting ourselves from this. So I, I can't come down definitively. I think things are, in the broadest sense, getting better, but I think they're also changing dramatically. And I think that that's a, a difficult situation to be in. I'll tell in this conversation with a summary from my perspective. If we use something that played out publicly, the lesson I take from that is every bit of data that we have in our lives um, may become public, you know, publicly consumable at some point. Uh, once upon a time, you know, there was a great leak from a, a cheating website called Ashley Madison. That's right. And an enormous amount of people were uncomfortable about somebody else checking to see if their details were part of the leak. Mm -hmm. 
They didn't go and check themselves. They were worried others would check. The concern I have is there is nothing that you do now in this current information age that is not potentially publicly consumable information. Mm, mm. So be authentic. If you're gonna, if you put it out there in a private text, be prepared to defend it in public. Mm. And the best way to do that is say, this is who I am and this is the way I will be. The reason that this story has gotten so much coverage, in my opinion, is because the perception that one person is putting out about who they are in public is very different to the private information that's being shared. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. The second piece I put out there is really simple. I think if somebody in a relationship needs to exert any form of control um, in the early stages or the formative stages, that's a red flag bailout straight away. Mm. Mm. The hope I have around these issues, um, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, Matt, and I've learned something from what you said. The technology exists. It may not be used for its intended purpose, but it is there anyway. And those that choose to misuse it are going to misuse whatever is available to mm, them. Mm. In that regard, um, the technology or the, the capacity for monitoring is neither good nor bad but it can be used for ill intent. What I'm really optimistic about though, is as the younger generations uh, become more educated in things that weren't raised when I was a kid, mm. around parity in relationships, mm. respect, mm. Um, removing this notion of a, a, you know, a fairer sex versus a more powerful sex, yeah. um, breaking down, dare I say, this concept of the patriarchy and actually saying as individuals in Western society, because we're talking about a lot of people in the mm. world that don't have these problems because they don't have clean drinking water, mm. but in our society, that young girls know that they don't have to capitulate to somebody to be valued and that there are consequences when they do. That is what will shift the dynamic. Yeah. But the one thing I'd say to all of our listeners, regardless of what you think of this information that's out there about celebrities or regardless of what you think about the issue, there is no doubt in my mind the problem resides with the insecurity of men because very rarely are you hearing about female partners killing their their partner in a domestic violent rage. Mm -hmm. You know, it might happen one in 20 times compared to 20 men yeah. that take the yeah. life of a partner um, on what is ostensibly issues around insecurity, mm. you know, impulse control, jealousy and rage. Mm. So to solve an issue like this, men have got to take accountability. And you know what? If you're too insecure to date somebody that wants to be with you, mm. they make it their problem. Yeah, yeah. And if you're too dumb to, you know, basically hold a winning lotto ticket and realize it's something to be celebrated, not something to be challenged, you know, go get your head read. Yeah, There's plenty yeah. of good psychologists out there like me that can work with you on those issues. That's right. Look after yourself, yeah. Look after yourself and, and, you know, unpack why, mm. because you're not unworthy, but you're certainly acting that yeah. way. Awesome. Thanks very much, Fred, for bringing this one to me. I really appreciate that. I think uh, it's something that we've had slightly different opinions on, but I think I've learned a lot from you and I appreciate the, uh, the kind of insights that you've brought from the psych side of things to, to this discussion. I think that's really relevant given the language used in these Jonah Hill texts. Um, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Um, remember to follow us, subscribe on whatever uh, podcast app you're using and rate us five stars. We've also got an email in our bio that you can uh, send any comments or any suggestions for topics to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and uh, we'll be back with you next week with another episode of If I Only Knew. Thanks very much, Fred. See you, listeners.
Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song, with credits that are in our bio, and of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can, through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.